stand as we worship. Cavanaugh Church. Hello. Good morning. morning. I expect you to be up more alive and awake. Is everyone that this morning at least alive and awake? Yeah. Awesome. Good. 
So I get personal gratification, satisfaction when I throw something at someone. Anyone else get that feeling? You know, all right, here's a t-shirt. I don't know who I'm going to hit. Yes. Awesome. Good catch. Good catch. Oh, back at me. Good. I'm so glad you're here today. This is awesome. We're excited for you to be here. Look, if you're new this morning, we want to get to know you. We want to know who you are. Bring whoever you brought, your parents, your guardians, your kids. We want to meet you back here at the welcome table. We got a Chick-fil-A gift card for you and the family. You'll get, go get some Chick-fil-A, right? Who likes Chick-fil-A? Yeah. I love Chick-fil-A so much. In fact, I love Chick-fil-A so much that I wanted to give you an opportunity to have some right now. So somewhere in this room, in a hymnal, there's a Chick-fil-A card for your taking. So I want to promote a little bit of, a little bit of pew hopping. Go crazy. Find it. But after we pray, all right, let's pray. <laughs> Lord, we love you. Thank you again so much for just bringing us all together uh, to be family here today, gathering, gathering around our Savior's feet, listening to your word. Be with Pastor Jason today, the word that you've uh, burdened his heart with. I pray that it comes and it soaks in our minds and we, we live according to what you want us to live by. Lord, we love you. Thank you again for this amazing day, the freedom to be in your house. In your name, amen. Stand up, high-five a couple people around you. Did anybody find it? Oh, here we go.
so thankful this morning that we serve a God who does not grow weary because I grow weary. We all grow weary. I know we do. And it seems like it's in those moments when I'm most tired and most stressed out that, that it's most difficult to battle the evil one. And in those moments when he, he baits me and I just take it before I even realize what happened. And that ha- that's happened to me this week. Um, and when it does, he, he just starts to whisper in my ear and point out those, those little inadequacies, all those little inadequacies that, adequacies that add up to a big one. Um, you were selfish when you fill in the blank. Um, you put this thing before that thing, and that doesn't reflect the heart of Christ. Um, or a big one, you allowed a, a root of bitterness to grow in your heart towards someone so much that a simple disagreement turned into a huge argument and you were a great big jerk to that person. All things have happened to me this week and I'm feeling pretty low and pretty pathetic and that's when he comes in for the kill and he tells me, they will never see Christ in you now. You've blown it. You're finished. You failed. And I'm so thankful that we who belong to God can cry out to him in those moments. And he tells us, you're covered. You are covered. And we say, but I did this and I should have. You're covered. I know you. I know your heart. And you're covered. His grace is amazing.
And all. There we go. What's going on? Man, it's good to see y'all. I'm not Brother Will, in case you're wondering. Okay? Were y'all wondering? He's in the Philippines. All right, if you're a guest today, hey, I want you to know we're glad you're here. Our pastor, his wife, they're in the Philippines on a mission trip right now. They've joined their daughter, Callie, who's on the world race. She's halfway through this nine-month mission trip. Three countries in nine months. They got to go. Parents that were able to get to go and spend a week with your kid and minister right alongside them. They're in the red light district in the Philippines helping these kids get out of sex slavery, getting into a ministry um, involved with, there's a ministry there that rescues them, shares the gospel, tries to get them out of this lifestyle. So we'll be praying for them. I know that y'all have been every day. Continue praying for them. At the end of service, we're going to have an altar of prayer for them, okay? So welcome today. We're so glad that you're here. I'm I'm going to be filling in for Brother Will today. I'm so excited to share with you the word that the Lord has given me uh, to give you guys today. The title of my sermon is, Who Are You? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Who are you? You know, our culture today, it is very social media driven. Would you agree? All right, so, you know, it's really changed, uh, added new words into our vocabulary like hashtag, right? Um, selfie, you know, tweets, right? Okay, are y'all with me? All right, so some weird stuff, you know, but it's our culture, and, uh, and, and it really, I mean, there's good and there's bad to it, right? And, and there's got to be balance in it, but I think in, in uh, you know, just honor of the youth today, in honor of the youthfulness that I'm feeling and seeing in this room, we're going to we're going to do something. We're going to get a little bit into the culture. Okay, are y'all with me? Are y'all nervous? Okay, this Devin, this DVD doesn't go out. Don't live stream. We're not, I don't want Brother Will to see this. And then he's like, man, you're never preaching again. Okay, just kidding. You, you can roll it, man. So where's Nathan? Nate, come on up, Nathan. Everybody give Nathan a hand. Woo! Hey, the Lord's bless us with Nathan and Devin. It's good to have youthfulness on our staff. Love these guys. They're doing a great job. But I want to tell y'all, did you guys know that Nathan gave me a black eye the first week he was here? I mean, luckily, we love him, and, and he's still, you know, here and, and got a job. But, yeah, sure enough, man, he's like, hey, get in my car, take a ride. Next thing I know, black eye, boom, I'm laid out on the ground. He said I hit myself with the door, opening it in the eye. Can you even do that, Bill? Can you? Can you open a door and hit yourself and knock yourself almost out? I don't think so. But I, I bid it. I, okay, whatever. I guess I, 
I took the high road. I guess that's how it happened, man. About, oh, it was pretty ugly. Um, anyway, we love Nathan and Devin. But today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a selfie, okay? Now, I'm not qualified to do this, so I brought, I brought one of our youthful selfie, you know, experts up here. So do you all know what this is? Anybody know what this This, yes, it's a selfie stick. Now, see, selfies are so popular, they created this own, you know, tool to take selfies. So I'm going to hand this over to you, okay? And where do we need to get? Guys, listen, we're going to take a selfie together, okay? So everybody get Get kind of crazy. Get your selfie face on. All right, we're going to do this. He's got it all figured out where we even need to stand. All right? Okay. That's pretty good. Now, we're not going to get everybody. Don't be offended. Okay? That's pretty good. We're going to do the best we can. Okay? So we're going to do a serious face or like tough face or what do y'all want? Let's go goofy. Okay. Everybody goofy. Three, two, one. We did not practice that. Okay, thanks. Give Nathan a hand. Woo. Hey, y'all pray for him. He's a good husband. He sent his wife on a trip to get to go back and see her family. So if y'all want to like take him out to eat or have cook dinner for him this week, he'd be grateful, okay? Because he's living on pizza rolls, all right? And uh, that's his favorite food, but that does grow old. Even your favorite food can grow old if you eat it every day, okay? Guys, we do live in this uh, social media-driven society, and... The thing about it, whether you know, you're a Facebooker or Instagram, Twitter, maybe you don't do any of it, you think it's all stupid, okay? I don't know. But listen, there's, there's some cool things about it. But listen, we, we in our society, I think it, it, we paint this picture in this portrait that everything's perfect, right? Are you all with me? I mean, like, we, could, we only put the good stuff out there, right? We don't put our kids when they're, like, having a fit on the floor and falling out crying. We don't put that out there, right? We don't post that. We don't post when a house is messy, you know. Uh, we, we put the really good pictures out there, right? Are y'all with me? Don't act like you don't, right? We want we to show the good, right? The news can tell us the bad. So, that, you know, I'm glad you don't put, the, I'm glad, you know, we don't put the bad stuff on there. Your hair's messed up. You know, you don't put that on there. Just the good stuff. We paint this image, right? Okay, so I think, here's the deal. When it comes to all this, we can have fun with it. But really, if you take out all the technology... Our culture is just like the first culture. It's very easy to become about ourselves. It's easy to become consumed with self. Are you with me? All right? Do you agree with that? Absolutely. It is. That, that's just the culture we live in. But I learned something. I don't take selfies. I'm not good at it. Did you know some of y'all are pros at taking selfies? You know how to hold a camera just right? You know how far away to hold it? Oh, there it is. Woo! Ah, uh, that's, yeah, that's a mess. Okay, that's good. Take that thing off there, man. Woo! Y'all, yeah, it did look good, didn't it? Hey, some of y'all, you know, I mean, you can hide the wrinkles or the pimples. I mean, you know, they have filters. You take this picture, and then there's filters, and it makes you look, you know, yeah, I didn't want to say that, but you said better. It makes you look better, right? That's amazing. Well, okay, Joy and I, we went out on a date. Married people? You need to go out on dates with your spouse. Let's clarify that, okay? <laughs> Woo. All right, we don't, we don't want to get a mess going here. You should date your spouse. It's important. Dave, take Don out on a date, okay? It's important. So I'm taking Joy out on a date, and I'm like, you know, I don't, I've probably never taken a selfie, but let's just take a selfie. So I'm like, hey, let's do this. You know, click, 
and I put it on Instagram. Like three seconds later, Tara's texting Joy, have you seen that picture on Instagram? That's terrible. That, that picture's terrible. No, there wasn't a filter used. Got to fix that. Well, I called you out, didn't I? Joy's like, well, that picture's terrible. Babe, you look good all the time. You know, what are you talking about? You don't need a filter. Beautiful. It wasn't Joy that Terry's talking about. It was me, all the wrinkles and shiny head. Man. Anyway, I'm, not, I'm banned from taking selfies. Nathan, thanks for helping me out, brother. Thanks for helping a brother out. Listen, it, it is easy to become consumed with self. We're going to move on now. We're going to look today at a guy in Scripture that I really like because I kind of feel like him a lot of times. And Carla, where are you at? Carla, wow, what a powerful... Hmm, man, did she hit you guys between the running lights with what she shared? We could just pray and go home after that. That was, a, that was a powerful sermon right there. But, you know, I identify with this person's scripture because there's one person that I want to be, but then sometimes there's this other person that I find myself being, and it's a conflict, right? And we're going to look at this guy in scripture named Jacob. And he was a lot about himself, and he made a big mess in his life from time to time. But I like it because we can relate to him. We can see that God still worked in his life. And God didn't give up on him, Stacy. He still used him. So today, open up your Bibles to Genesis 25, 21 through 28. And if, if Jacob was here, he would give us three selfie pictures today. So I'm going to take three selfies, you know, even though he really can't do that. They didn't have the technology back then. But if they would, if these might have been three selfies that we get from Jacob. So we're going to be, I'm going to give you a minute to turn there. Genesis 25, 21 through 28. Go ahead and turn there. It's on the screen too. First thing I want to point out today is that Jacob struggled with stuff. Let's look into the scripture. Genesis 25, 21 through 28. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. Can you imagine that? So they named him Esau. And after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was a quiet man staying among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you again for just the privilege to be in your house and in your presence. And I pray right now, Lord, that you just speak into our hearts as only you can. Let this message not be about us, Lord, but about you. And Lord, I pray today that if anyone here has a need in their life, they can freely come and give that need to you and trust you with everything in their life. Maybe today someone here, they don't know who they are, Lord. They don't know if they would even go to heaven if they died right now. Would you help them, Lord, to know that you love them, you have a plan for their life, and you offer forgiveness and healing and eternal life. All we have to do is trust in you. And I pray if there's someone here today that, that needs to do that, that they will do that, Lord. You'll speak into their heart, and, Lord, you will give them eternal life. Lord, today maybe people are just hurting. 
and they need to hear from you. Whatever the need and whatever the way, Lord, just speak through me with your Holy Spirit. Speak into our hearts and help us to be obedient to you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, hey, we all relate to struggling with stuff, right? Because, you know, let's be honest, we like stuff, right? We like hobbies and toys and not that those things are bad. You know, you see it kind of from early age, too. You know, when Isaac, I told Isaac I was going to tell a story to him. So he's like, what, Dad, what are you going to tell about me? What's the story, Dad? You know, well, I said, come to church and find out, man. It would be a surprise. So when Isaac was little and Eli was in preschool, and I would take Eli to preschool up here at the church. I'm thankful, you know, for that uh, time that we got to have with each of our boys that come up here to our children's center. And so... Isaac, he, he liked his stuff. You know, he's a big Spider-Man fan. All right, any Spider-Man fans out here? Let me just, um, don't be embarrassed. Really, that's it? Really? So, I mean, do we get, there they are. There's some Spider-Man. So, man, how many Spider-Man movies are they going to make, though? Good grief, they got another one coming out. That's like, they just, I don't know, can they not get it right or what? But, so Isaac, he loves Spider-Man. And check it out, Eli would get into Isaac's stuff. You know, and boy, Isaac, man, he just, he'd go crazy. Now, Isaac's a pretty mild-mannered kid, but boy, you don't mess with his, his Spider-Man when he's little. So, I came in the door one day, and Isaac is sitting on this backpack, and I mean, it's just stuffed full. And Joy's laughing. I'm like, what is he doing? You know, he's like a mother hen on the nest. He crammed all of his stuff in there, all of his Spider-Man, put him in his backpack, zipped it up, so when Eli got in the door, he could not get his stuff. <laughs> he was protecting his stuff. From his brother. Wow. Well, let's go back to Jacob. His life was filled with conflict because he was trying to get stuff. He was trying to get the blessing. He wanted it all. And from birth, even in the womb, we see that he was fighting with his brother. Rebecca, uh, she became pregnant and she knew something was wrong because there was something going on inside of her and it was, a, it was like a war in her belly. So she goes to the Lord and she says, what is wrong? And God said, two nations are in your womb and the older will serve the younger. You see, in Bible times, the oldest son would be the leader. He would get the blessing and we'll talk more about that in the birthright and what that means. And the younger would serve the older. But this is going to be the opposite. God promised that to Rebecca. She keeps this in her heart. She treasures all this. And sure enough, these babies, they're duking it out in the womb. I mean, that's crazy, you know. But here's one thing we can know. And every parent in here and grandparents, you better give me an amen. We don't have to teach our kids how to fight. Boy, they come by it honestly, and they are good at it too. Wow. You know, and Joy and I, we try to do our devotions at night. I've shared this story with some of y'all. But we, we try to do our, when, when we do our family devotion, I don't know what it is about that time. And the boys are always rowdy, but right at bedtime, it's like they get extra crazy. And they're wrestling and fighting and stuff's falling off the walls and breaking. And, you know, and we're yelling at them to sit down and shut up because we're going to read the Bible and pray. <laughs> Whew, boy, that sets a good tone, you know, for your family devotion. So here these boys come out, and I mean, it's on. Esau's born first, but here's old Jacob, and he is literally holding on to the heel of his brother as he comes into this world. He is holding on. So already he's fighting, and he is in conflict. And these boys are polar opposites. Esau comes out. The Bible said he's red and hairy. He's a baby Wookiee. All right? That's Star Wars lingo. Now, if you don't like Star Wars, think about it like he's a baby Bigfoot. Okay, that's what he looked like. The other day, uh, they had a quiz bowl at the elementary school, and 
we were there watching it, and like I knew like two questions, two answers to two questions. I was feeling really dumb. They're asking these fourth graders all these questions. I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm not up there in this quiz bowl. But then they got on Star Wars. Woo! I was like, all the parents were all like, yeah, woo, because our team got Star Wars, so we knew we were going to be okay. So Esau, he comes out, man, he's hairy all over. And the Bible says he was kind of like the rugged outdoorsman. Brent, he was a man's man, all right? And he lived off the land, and he could hunt, right? He could skin a buck deer, you know, right? Run a trot line. I mean, he can survive. Are you with me? Woo! And Isaac, man, he thought that was cool. That's a cool kid, man. That's my boy, you know? Live off the land. And then you've got Jacob, and he comes out, and he's smooth-skinned, all right? And he's kind of a mild man. Esau's wild and crazy. Jacob, he's calm and mild. And the Bible said he kind of liked to hang out in the tent. He was like an inside guy. You know, he didn't like the outdoors so much. And, I, and Rebecca loved him. Okay? Neither's bad. Both are good. I mean, God, you know, he had a plan for both. They're made a certain way. It doesn't matter if you're an outdoorsman or an indoorsman. That doesn't make you better or worse. I'm not saying that. Don't misread into that. But here's the problem. Dad favored one and mom favored one. And that's not good. And that only created a whole lot of conflict. Well, Jacob comes out and they named him uh, Jacob because it means heel grasper or deceiver or surplanter. Okay? That's real significant about his name. And he's going to live up to that name. Uh, So here we have these two children. They're complete opposites. And then, boom, right away, Scripture jumps right into it. And then in the next chapter, and we're not going to read it, but I'll just summarize it for you, we see... Jacob working on this plan. Remember, God had promised the older is going to serve the younger. So he's saying, God had already said, Jacob's going to be the leader of the family. Okay, all Rebecca had to do and Jacob had to do was just trust God with that plan. But they didn't want to trust God with the plan. They were worried that God couldn't take care of it. So like, we're going to take over, Lord. We got it from here. Don't worry. So here goes Jacob and he starts spinning this plan. And, and I think he was very cunning. And here goes Esau out into the woods and he's this mighty hunter, but he apparently had a bad day. Lancey didn't get anything. Man, that, that's what happens when I go out. And uh, he's, he gets skunked, so he comes back, and he is starving. He's hungry. And here's old Jacob. And I think old Jacob had this all planned out. He just happened to have Esau's favorite dish on the stove when he came in the door. And it smelled good. It was this red stew. I think Esau probably liked it because it was red, you know, like him. And maybe that's why it was his favorite. But I bet the aroma of that stew filled the house. And so here he comes in. He is hungry. And there's old Jacob. And he's got the table set. And it smells so good. And he's like, brother, would you just give me some of that? Can I have some of your stew? Now, what would you do? Well, of course, right? That's what y'all do because you're nice. But Jacob, what's he do? He's got a little plan. He's got a plan. He says, I'll tell you what. I'll make you a trade. I can, I'll give you some of this stew, but I just want your birthright. Say what? The birthright. In biblical times, the oldest son was entitled to double the inheritance of what the other siblings would get. And you were the leader of the family. Now, you're going, Esau, don't do this, man. That's a terrible deal, right? It's kind of like there's this little kid that uh, Chick-fil-A was having this deal. Of when you walked in the door, if you turned in your, your device, you know, your 
iPhone or iPad or WePod or whatever that you have, you know, you turn that in, then guess what? You get free ice cream. So this little kid, he thought, he thought, are you serious? I'm trading my iPad for ice cream? That is stupid, you know. He's telling his dad, no way, I'm not giving him my iPad for ice cream, you know. Do y'all get that? Man, he's like, he thought he was giving up permanently. Chick-fil-A, they're just trying to encourage family time. Turn in your technology devices, hang out and visit, have some ice cream on us, and you can pick it up at the door. He didn't know he was getting it back, man. He thought he was going to be gone. He's like, I'm not doing that trade. Well, Esau, he didn't think that far ahead. Esau was an impulsive person. We can see that later kind of by how many wives that he took uh, from pagan nations. But Esau probably had a real impulsive personality, and I think Jacob, being so cunning, he played up on that. So Esau made a horrible mistake. And just like that, he despised his birthright. He gave it up for a bowl of soup for stew. That's hard to imagine, but listen to this. They pinky promised on it. It was a done deal. Okay? Not really. Don't go look that up in your scriptures. It's not in there. But they did. They made this deal. And I want you to listen to this. Esau made an impulsive decision to gratify an immediate want that resulted in only temporary satisfaction and led to a lifetime of painful consequences. Guys, if we had two hours, I'd preach a, a whole sermon on that to you. But we don't have that kind of time today. But I think that all hits home to us, doesn't it? So here's old Jacob, man. He's so consumed with getting what he, uh, God had already told him he was going to give him, but he had to take matters in his own hand. Guys, God's got a plan for our life, but we can deviate from that. He's not going to force us to choose him. He's not going to force us to live for him. It's our choice. And Jacob and Rebecca, they're like, we're going to take matters in our own hands. We're going to fix this. But his quest for self-gain was quickly getting out of control in his life. What does this mean for us? Well, here's a question for you. What are you seeking in life? We can become consumed with the stuff of the world, right? The car, the house, the newest technology, the promotion, the championship, the fashion. Which, by the way, i got to stop and say, did y'all know that 90s fashion is coming back in style? Who knew that? Just raise your hand if you were aware of that. Maybe it's not now. It comes and goes pretty quick, but... I wish I had my 90s hairdo still. I really do. I miss that. Some of y'all remember it, you know, because I was here in the 90s. You remember it. Some good hair. She gone. Guys, listen, all this stuff, it's not bad. I'm not saying all that's bad. I'm not saying it's sinful if you have a nice house or a nice car or you have, you know, nice things. No. But that can't be our obsession. That can't be our mission in life, right? We've got to seek God. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. And then all these things will follow. In other words, God's going to take care of your needs. But you seek the Savior first and the blessings will follow. But if you seek the stuff first, sorrow's going to follow. Right? That makes sense? So we've got to keep it all in perspective. So here's a question. What price are you willing to pay to have all the stuff? What good is it if a man gains the world but loses his soul? We know what's the most important thing in life, right? That's our Lord and our family. So make sure that in our quest to survive, in our quest for stuff, that we keep our family and our Lord 
a priority in our lives. Are you with me? All right. Thank you. Y'all can amen me if you want to. You can get excited. You can yell out. That's good stuff. So here's the thing. You can work hard. We're supposed to do that. Enjoy some stuff, but make the main thing the main thing. So we see that old Jacob, man, he's just struggling with stuff, and then he slides into sin. This is our second selfie that we're going to look at today. He slid right into sin. Let's go to Genesis 27, verses 6 through 17. It's on the screen. And we're taking a big jump forward, but I'll kind of catch you up on what we missed. Rebecca said to her son, Jacob, look, I have overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you my blessings in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. How many of y'all have told your kids that? Do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so that I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I'm a man with smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Do just what I say, or just do what I say. Go and get them for me. That does sound like a parent, right? Because I said so, right? So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with the goat skins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father. Actually, let's stop there. We'll pick up there in a minute. Before I passed the torch of leadership for youth ministry on to Nathan, we had kind of a final hoorah with the teens, okay? It was a back-to-school bash. Some of y'all heard this story, but just humor me and act like you haven't heard it, and you can laugh, okay, like you did when you first heard it, because some of y'all haven't heard this story. So, you know, what else would you do for a back-to-school bash? You know, we, we didn't want to make it expensive on the parents. We want to keep it affordable, so we made... A redneck water slide. How many of y'all have ever been on a redneck water slide? Raise your hand. Be proud. Come on. Let's see your hands. Guys, y'all need to get out more. Nathan, next event, invite the whole church to the water slide. Okay? It's going to be awesome. So here's how you do it. It's real simple. You find a hill. You go to the lumber yard and you get some plastic. You unroll it. You put some soap on it, some water, and you got a water slide. Who needs white water in Branson, man? We, we got better than that right here. That's awesome. So we go out, and uh, man, it's so amazing. We're having the best time. And uh, it was like a beautiful day with lightning and thunder all around us and cracking overhead. So what we do, we'd huddle under the, the, the porch of our host family. And uh, I won't say any names to protect the innocent in this story. And, and then when we'd watch in the radar, and after the last lightning bolt had kind of cleared out of the sky and it looked clear, we'd say, okay, everybody, the water slide, go. So we'd run. We'd get a few you know, slides, and then the lightning would crack, and we'd go back up to the porch. Wait a little while, and then we do it again. See, I took good care of y'all's kids for all these years. See, y'all didn't know this, man. I don't tell you this story until after we already got a new youth pastor because you might have fired me. So finally, man, the day, it's about over. we got 15 minutes left. The kids are all whining and crying. Can we go down one more time? I'm like, let's do it one more time. Come on. 
And I'm praying, oh, Lord, please help nobody to get struck by lightning. Lightning had cleared, though, you know, more or less. And so I'm like, last time, everybody. So they're going down the slide like little penguins, man. Boom, boom, boom. It was amazing. They go all the way down. Some kids, they went all the way down and, like, crashed into the, the ditch below it. And there was big rocks and stuff. Yeah, it was awesome, man. We, whoa, I want to do that again. So here goes. Uh, let me back up by saying joy is like, I don't think that our boys should go to this. Like, meaning Jude and Matthew. I don't think they should go to this. Let's just let the teen. Oh, it'll be fun. It'll be a great thing. The boys can go to this one. They can go to this. Jude, he goes down. Guess what? He's a whopping 40 pounds, okay? Probably back then about 37 and a half. He goes halfway down. He loses momentum. He stops on the track. He spins around. Guess what? Here come some teenagers. Boom. Broken collarbone. ER. I got a, we got a picture up here of old Jude the dude. There he is right there. Check him out. Look at that grin on his face. I'm like, wipe that grin off your face, boy. That cost me a bunch of money. There's his little sling. I mean, we just got home from ER. He's like laughing. I mean, hey, if you're the fourth boy, you just got to be tough. That's all I'm saying. Well, this little guy behind him, that's not our fifth child. If you're one... That is, who knows who that is? Raise your hand if you know who that is. It, yeah, it's Esau. That's Esau. <laughs> Baby Esau. That's Chewy. That's a Wookiee. I didn't know I was going to have so much Star Wars stuff, but it just, I guess it was just, you know, divine inspiration coming out today. So here's old Jude, and there he is with Chewy, his little Wookiee. And he said, Dad, I, I want Chewy to have a sling too, so Mom made Chewy a sling too. Isn't that cool? That's awesome. And then Isaac, you know, being the compassionate child that uh, he gets up from his mother, they were in the ER room. He's like, Jude, you really better be hurt because this is costing us a lot of money. I hope you're not faking it. <laughs> Jude's just in there laughing, having a great time, like big old knot on his collarbone. Crazy kids. Do y'all think that's weird that he sleeps with that Wookie? Don't think bad. He's only five. You know, and it made me think about it. And I really, I never thought about this until I was searching out this picture for Devin to put on the screen. When I was a little boy, okay, not 16, but a little kid like Jude, I had a blankie. I know y'all don't really care about this, but I'm going to tell you. And I had a little squirrel. It wasn't real. It was a stuffed squirrel and a stuffed teddy bear. That's what I slept with, Okay. All right, but I mean, I, my mom weaned me off of it by the time I was 13, so don't think I'm a weirdo or anything. <laughs> but the whole disturbing part about it just came to me. This teddy bear was pink. <laughs> I mean, what? Why didn't I get a Wookiee, you know? Why didn't my mom give me a pink teddy bear? That's so weird. I guess she wanted a girl or something, man. I, so I'm really disturbed about this now. I mean, do not, this stays between us. Okay, I don't want that repeated. We're family. You keep that between us. Are y'all with me? Do we need to move on? Please, let's do. Let's get back to our story. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Here we see now Isaac's old. He's an old man. He's about 130-something years old. Jacob and Esau, believe it or not, they're in their 70s. We think of Jacob and Esau as being real young when all this takes place, but if you do some, some fast-forward in Scripture... You can go to when Jacob went to Egypt to see his son Joseph, okay? He was 130 years old. Joseph was 40. So if you subtract 40 
from 130, that puts Jacob at 90 years old when Joseph was born. Joseph was born at the end of Jacob's stay with his father-in-law Laban. And we'll get to that in a minute. That was about a 20-year stay. So if you subtract 20 from 90, okay, this puts us right in their 70s where this part's taking place. It's kind of interesting because it really adds to the story. So Isaac is about 130. He's blind. And he's ready to give that blessing because he thinks he might die and he doesn't know when it could happen. So he calls Esau and he said, Esau, man, it's time for me to give you the blessing. And you guys out there, you're paying attention. You're not sleeping this morning. And you're, you're already saying, now, Jason, wait a minute. You said that Jacob got the blessing. Why is Esau going to get it? Well, here's the deal. It's not set in stone until the father gives the blessing. It was the father's prerogative to change that blessing. If he wanted to give it to a younger sibling who deserved it more, he could. But here we see, we know who did Jacob, or yeah, who did Jacob favor, or Isaac favor rather? He favored Esau. He wanted Esau to have the blessing. God had already said Jacob's going to get the blessing. Jacob and Rebekah, they've been weaving, spending all kinds of trouble trying to get the blessing instead of trusting the Lord through it. And so now he says, Esau, you go out and you kill me some venison and you make my favorite dish. And you bring it to me, and I'm going to eat it, and it's going to be so good, and I'm going to bless you. So Esau's like, I'm on it, Dad. I am ready. So he takes his bow and arrows, and he goes out to get a deer. In the meantime, old Rebecca, she's at the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. So as soon as Esau leaves, she says, Jacob, get in here. Right? And, you know, I used to kind of feel sorry for Jacob, like his mom just made him do all this. He's in his 70s. He knew, he knew what he was doing. He knew better. So she says, I want you to do exactly what I tell you to do, right? Sonny, you get in here and do just what I tell you to do. And she said, you go out into the flock and get two kid goats, and I want you to kill them and bring the goats, and we're going to cook them, and you bring the, the hide, and we're going we're gonna to do something with it. And you're going to go in there, and you're going to act like Esau, and you're going to steal the blessing. Well, Jacob, he's a pretty smart guy. And he's worried about this plan, not because it's morally wrong, not because he's lying to his dad, stealing from his brother, being a cheater, liar, deceiver. That doesn't bother him. He's okay with that. But he's like, but mom, this plan is not going to work because Esau's hairy. Remember? He's a Wookiee, right? He's a Wookiee. And I'm a smooth man. I'm a smooth skin. Daddy's going to know. He's maybe blind, but he's going to put his hands on me to give me the blessing, and he's going to know, and he's going to call down a curse on me. All he was worried about was getting caught. But she's like, don't you worry about it. I got it all covered. I got a plan. And she said, and you let the curse be on me. Well, that's easy for her to say when Jacob's running for his, you know, for his life later on from his brother. But she has this crazy plan, and she said, we're going to put Esau's clothes on you. And then I thought, why? why does she still have Esau's clothes? He's a grown married man, but she's still got his clothes. You know, maybe she, maybe she was scheming. Maybe she had a plan figured out already. Maybe she's kind of like her son. They're schemers. They're planners. So it's like, okay, you're going you're gonna to put on your brother's clothes, and then I'm going to take those goat skins, and I'm going to put them on your hands and on your neck. So... When your dad reaches out to touch you and bless you, he's, he's going to think it's Esau. Guys, that's a, that's a hairy dude right there, isn't it? My goodness. So here's this, here's this evil plan. So guess what? Jacob's like, okay, deal. Let's go. So he, he, he gets the, the meal, and they get him garbed up, and he walks in there to Isaac. Isaac's blind. 
Isaac asked a question. He said, who are you, my son? Isaac smelled a mouse. He knew something wasn't adding up. Jacob's answer, I am Esau, my father. Isaac's not convinced, so he said, how did you get the game so quickly? And then Jacob goes, the Lord blessed me. Whew. Wow. Isaac's still not buying it, and he's like, well, you, 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 you know, and he put his hands on him. You feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. But then he, he smells the, the clothing of Esau. It said he smelled like the field. I guess his clothes smell like dirt or something. You know, he's a, he's a rugged dude. He blesses him. Jacob got what he was after. He slips out the door, and seconds later, Esau comes in. I mean, they, they should make a movie about this. This, this is intense. Esau and Isaac figure out what happened, and they are distraught. I mean, Esau vows to kill his brother just as soon as Isaac dies. So Rebecca, she's, here she goes again. Jacob, get in here, and you do exactly what I tell you. You're going to leave. You're going to run 400 miles away and go live with Uncle Laban until I tell you that it's safe to come back. And that's what he did. So he's on this journey, and that night he's, he's camping out. And the Bible tells us he laid down. He used a rock for a pillow. That's comfortable. And God gives him a vision, and God speaks to him, and he says, I'm going to bless you, but I want you to serve me. You see, God can get us back on course. Sometimes we veer. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we lose focus. We let sin in our life. We get, you know, a little bit messed up. Jacob was messed up. We get messed up. But guess what he did? It's the work of the Holy Spirit that happens in our lives today. God speaks into our life. We don't have to be perfect. Thank goodness, because... We'd all be in trouble. We don't have to be perfect for God to use us. we got to strive to serve him, though. And he said, I'm going to bless you. You just serve me. So Jacob, man, we see this is kind of a growing point in his life, and he's starting to get it a little bit. And so he goes on, and then, he, and then for 20 years, he dwells with his uncle Laban. For 20 years, guys, he's over here, and he gets a family. But I want you to understand something. When, when Jacob deceived Esau, and then when he lied to Isaac and he tricked him, he set into motion a whole bunch of consequences. And there was all kinds of family turmoil that resulted. And I mean, wow, I don't even have time to get into it all, but here's one. His father-in-law tricked him into marrying the wrong daughter. That's a pretty good trick, wouldn't you say? I mean, wow. So he ended up getting to marry the woman he loved, but then... Uh, he gets this huge family, and there's all kinds of dysfunction and conflict and siblings fighting and wives fighting. It's crazy. And then his, his, his uh, father-in-law, Laban, um, he's like, keeps changing his wages and accusing him of cheating him and stealing from his herd. So, I mean, it's just a messed up family. And finally, maybe Jacob's had enough. And God finally comes to him and says, it's time for you to go back home. It's been 20 years. It's time for you to go home. So he gets his family and his possessions, and they head back. And even Rachel, even then, she steals from her father. She steals his household idols. I mean, it's just it's a mess. Are you with me? It's a mess. This all could have been avoided. It didn't have to be like this. But here we have this big mess. But maybe, finally, Jacob, for the first time in his life, he's getting sick of it. 
You know, the joke's on me now. Maybe it's all come around and he's starting to open up his eyes. Listen, today, application, don't pretend to be somebody that you're not. Don't let the people of the world tell you the way you should act and live. You belong to Jesus. If you know Jesus as Savior, then he's called you to live a certain way. And he's, he's given you a mission for your life. And you live it out. Don't let Hollywood tell you how to act. All right? Don't let the world put its clothes on you. Don't pretend to be Esau. You be you. Be who God made you to be and stand up and live for him. All right? You don't hang on to these other things of the world because they're not going to bless you. And I know we do feel pressure sometimes to compromise. And, and sometimes we get, you know, sin gets in our lives and we just feel kind of trapped. And we don't know what to do. Well, I've got hope for you today because Jesus made a way out of that. And that's going to be my third selfie of this story. And we're going to be in Genesis 32, 24 through 29. And here's the point. The Savior shot down. Okay? That's going to be the selfie that we're going to look at for a little bit. Genesis 32, 24 through 29, if you want to turn there. And we're going to read it. It's also on the screen. Verse 24. So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. And Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Wow. Now, y'all may know this, but I, I like wrestling. Okay, my boys are wrestlers, and Eli's the one that got it all started. In fact, you know, the wrestlers, they wear some kind of neat, uh, kind of unusual, kind of weird uniforms, honestly. But I, I thought, would y'all like to see a picture of Eli when he started wrestling in his uniform? All right, let's go. Yeah, put it up there, buddy. There he is. That's Eli. Man, I tell you, I'm proud of him. I keep that in my office. Uh, Awesome, man. Uh, wrestling, though, truly, uh, it, it's a fun sport. It really is. Uh, did y'all see his mustache coming through there? He's 15 now. He's growing a little bit of a mustache. Uh, wrestling is a cool sport because in wrestling, okay, you've got an opponent who's about equal size, equal strength, and you walk out on the match. It's just, you know, two of you out on this mat. There's a referee, and they, and they make you shake hands, and then you get in your wrestling stance. Y'all want to see a wrestling stance? I know you don't, but I'm going to show you anyway. Okay, you ready? Poof! That's it. That's the stance. Isn't that impressive? That's a wrestling stance, okay? You, you didn't really have to clap for that. It was pitiful, okay? But that's a stance. And then when the ref blows the whistle, the first thing you want to do is you want to shoot the legs. That's an offensive move. And basically you're tackling the opponent by his legs, taking him down for a two-point takedown. Man, you can come to a wrestling match sometime, and you, you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll get fired up, Rick. You'll get fired up about this because it's an intense sport. So the aggressor takes a shot. Well, guys, in this story, Jesus shot down from heaven, and he grabs a hold of Jacob. Enough is enough, and he's going to take him down to the mat. That's awesome. So they go into the world's longest wrestling match. You see, in college, a wrestling match lasts seven minutes if there's no overtime. But this wrestling match lasted all night, the longest wrestling match in history. So here's old Jacob. He's headed back for home, and God's reassured him, I'm going to take care of you. But then he gets word that Esau's coming with 400 men, 
And Jacob thinks this is the end. We are going to die. So he gets this gift together. He sends out all these animals to his brother. Since he had stolen his inheritance, uh, now he's hoping he can give him something back and make a little peace offering. And then he's, he puts his family on one side of the river. And then Jacob goes all alone. That night he's sleeping. And probably really wasn't sleeping. He's probably way too nervous to sleep. But the Savior shoots down. Most Bible scholars believe this was actually Jesus Christ making an early appearance in the Old Testament. And he comes down and he grabs a hold of Jacob. And Jacob wrestles him all night long. And, it, and the Bible says that it's coming up daylight. And Jesus says, let me go. And Jacob says, no, not until you bless me. And then Jesus dislocates his hip. All right, They say that is absolutely excruciating, but Jacob refuses to let go. Even in the pain, he's holding on to Jesus because for the first time in his life, he's holding on to the one who can truly bless him. All his life, he'd been trying to get stuff for himself. All his life, he'd been fighting with man, but now he's channeling that tenacity, and God sees the strength of our character. Sometimes it may be annoying to people, but God can channel it for good. So his tenacity now is being channeled for good for maybe the first time in his life, and he says, I'm holding on to you, God. I'm not letting go. It hurts, but I'm refusing to let go of you until you bless me. Now listen to this part. Finally, at the end of the, the wrestling match, the night's about over, and then Jesus asks him a question. Who are you? Let's go back to Isaac. He's blind. Jacob's walking in the room to steal the blessing, and Isaac asks, Who are you? And he said, I'm Esau. But now we see Jesus. And he's got a hold of this guy. And he said, who are you? And Jacob, maybe for the first time in his life, he says, I'm going to come clean. And he said, I'm Jacob. I'm a liar. I'm a cheater. I'm a deceiver. I'm a mess. And he's honest about who he is. And maybe for the first time in his life, he begins to reconcile the mess in his life. And he says, God, I need your help. I need your touch. I need your blessing. Guys, listen to me. God can't fix us if we don't admit our need. If we don't see our shortcoming and we don't cry for him, he's not going to fix us. And we can all act perfect and pretend we got it together. But guys, we all mess up. We all fall short. We all need a Savior. And then what does Jesus do? He gives him a new name. He said, you'll no longer be called Jacob, but you're going to be Israel. One who's fought with God and man and has prevailed. See, he gets a blessing from God. He gets it. Guys, listen, Jesus, he's calling out to us. He's saying, listen, you just come to me. Just come clean with who you are. Lay your need before me. I'll take care of it. You don't have to put on a front about how good you are and how perfect you are and how you've got it all together. You come to me and you lay your needs before me and I'll meet your need and I'll give you a new name and I'll give you a new identity and I will change your life forever. That's what Jesus is doing for us today. You can get excited about that because he gives us new identity. So today, I'm asking you, come clean with Jesus. Whatever's in your life that you've been hiding or whatever you've been holding on to or maybe life's just painful and you're hurting and you need some help, you come to that Savior and you cry out to him. You say, God, I'm holding on to you and I won't let go, Lord, until you bless me. I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads. Nobody looking around today. This morning... God wants to get a hold of you. He shot down from heaven. He went up on a cross. He died for us. He was buried, and he rose again the third day, victorious. And Jesus has come to be our living Savior. And, guys, he wants to give you a new name. He wants to heal your brokenness. 
He wants to fix your hurt. He wants to clean up the sin mess in your life. So today, you don't have to act perfect anymore. It's okay. We're all Jacob. We all relate to that. So this morning, just come to Jesus. We're going to pray. I just ask you to come to the altar. Whatever need you have, you come give it to the Lord. Whatever hurt you have, give it to Jesus. Maybe today you're out there and you say, I don't know Jesus as Savior, but I want to. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I want to have this mess cleaned up in my life. Then this is your day. You can come and just confess him as your Savior, and he will save you. He will cleanse you. All you have to do is call out to him and admit your sin and believe he died and rose again and confess him as Lord. I want to ask you to do that today. There's another thing I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask everybody to come and pray for our pastor, his wife, Callie, that mission team, those kids that they're ministering to. That the gospel will be preached and lives will be changed. Everybody stand up, all heads bowed. I'm going to pray and then the altars are open. Lord, we love you. Oh God, would you just move right now as only you can. This is not about us. It's not about a selfie, Lord. It's about you. Help us to take our eyes off ourselves and to put them on you, Lord, because you're the only one that can bless us. Lord, today, if someone needs to come and be saved and give their life to you, oh, Lord, would you please help them to have the freedom to do that? There's no shame in it, but it's the greatest gift of all, and that's salvation and eternal life in heaven. Lord, I pray for believers across this room. Maybe they're hurting or they have family members who are hurting. Lord, would you just help them to come and to pray and to give those needs to you today? Lord, I pray that as a body of believers, we will come and just lift up our pastor and Angie and Callie and the mission team and those they're ministering to, Lord. Protect them and use them in a mighty way. We love you, Lord, and ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. The altars are open. Come join me here now. Don't even wait. Just step out. Come on. Let's pray. Let's go to the one who can bless us today.
give everything to you, Lord. I pray right now. God, if there was someone today that gave their life to you, that they will let us know. They will be proud, not ashamed of that. And we will rejoice with them that they have a new life today. Lord, for those who are hurting and have needs, Lord, just minister to them as only you can. And Lord, we do pray for Brother Will and Angie and Callie and the mission team and those kids they're ministering to. Lord, just change lives and work miraculously, Lord. Protect them and keep them safe and healthy in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You guys may have a seat. Thank you for your attention today. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, I got a little long-winded. I probably should have made that a two-part, two-part sermon. But, uh, wow, thanks for, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here to worship our Lord. Uh, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to worship God now with our tithe and offering. So if our ushers can make ready for that, and we will take up our offering. Brother Ronnie Fox, would you ask a blessing on our offering today? Thankful for our praise band. They do such a great job. Hey, I want to share some uh, important prayer requests with you guys. Steve Jones, uh, that runs sound every week for us, his mother passed away uh, suddenly Friday. Her name was Rosie Jones, strong Christian woman. They're going to have the viewing Tuesday, this Tuesday at the Agent Funeral Home in Muldrow from 6 to 8. The service will be at the First Church of the Nazarene at 1230 Wednesday in Muldrow. Be praying for Steve and his family in this uh, difficult time. 
Uh, we've got a lot of people who've had difficulties and surgeries. Pray for Maxine Melton's sister, uh, Donnell, her husband passed away. So just pray for that family to be ministered to. For Cindy Sharp, uh, her sister passed away this last week. So a lot of things going on. Um, Kay Baker uh, had a family member uh, had a loss. So lift these up. And also, we got a lot of people recovering from surgery or illnesses. I'm going to share these names. I know there's more. So if I miss somebody, um, let me know, and we're going to pray for them. We've got Phil Hassett, Wanda Peters, Catherine Binge, Maxie Walters, Sharon Pearson, Paul Jackson, Ray Copeland, Dallas Melvin, Helen Bechtel, uh, Jim and Alice Fisk, Elsie Goodman, and Sandy Rogers. Uh, we just want to pray, pray for these members of our church uh, going through some difficult time. Pray for some physical uh, touch and healing upon them. Would you all do that? Okay, one last thing. Have I kept you too long? What time? I can't even see the clock. I guess my eyes are bad. Hopefully it's not too long, but I want to share this with you, and then I'm going to let you go. All right? Y'all ready? Ready for that? Ready to be let go? Okay. Fixing to let you go, but listen, this is important. This is an awesome announcement, Lucas. This coming Wednesday night, and this coming Wednesday night only, we are having a youth service right in here. All right? We're going to have our teen praise band doing music. Brother Nathan's going to preach the word. Uh, might have some crazy games. Who knows? So be here, okay? You going to be here? Why am I the only one excited about this? Come on, people. Support our teens. It's going to be a great service this Wednesday night. Come back for Bible study tonight at 6 p.m. Y'all are dismissed. Have a great day. Love you guys.